to Hebrews chapter 5. We're continuing studying about how to be spiritual. And uh, the care packages are being put together this Friday. Uh, if anyone would like to help, get with, who is that, Stephanie? Stephanie Ramirez. Uh, that'll be this Friday if you'd like to be involved in that. All right. Uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So you have this contrast between the uh, immature and the mature, those who are unskillful and those who are skillful in the oracles of God. And uh, the only way that you can become skillful you have to uh, exercise your senses by reason of use. And what will you do? You discern both good and evil. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the study. Help us to remember the foundation which has been laid, the precept. I pray that we would truly seek to be spiritual, uh, understanding what that means. We pray that we would put a difference between the clean and the unclean and the good and the evil and that your spirit would direct us as it harmonizes perfectly in concert with the eternal word of God. We yield to him now and pray that he would do all the work and reveal these things to us and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I was taught a long time ago, it's a very important saying, there's a direct correlation, and don't ever forget this, between being casual and becoming a casualty. If you are very serious, the Bible says we're to be diligent and sober-minded. Diligent and sober-minded. For those who are casual, though, uh, they're going to become just a castaway eventually they'll become a has-been a used to be or they will just be someone on the scene but really is unaware and doesn't make a real difference for god i remember when uh, i got saved my brother got saved and uh, immediately we began to exercise our senses god showed us certain things there were people in the church been saved 40 years. They couldn't see it. You know, and I'm not bragging at all. It's just the reality. They didn't know it. They didn't care to know it. They didn't want to know it. And actually, they got offended by those who did. And so this is, uh, you know, the Bible says we're not to lay hands on any man suddenly. People ought to prove themselves uh, before they're given a responsibility for a period of time 
to show that they're sincere uh, and sober-minded. A lot of people, though, they're casual. This very, very casual. So if you do not use, you know, the old saying, if you, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Just with your muscles, physically, atrophy will set in. Atrophy. Uh, your muscles will literally die. They will become soft and actually begin to um, do the opposite, like degenerate. They will degenerate. We see this with the spine. A lot of people have that problem. This happens spiritually, and it happens because people are not uh, serious in exercising their senses. So as we looked at last week, just a real quick review uh, by way of introduction, we have specific things in the Bible we're told to do, black and white. Then we have general areas of life, which are probably, uh, they're there, obvious, but most people do not seek them out to uh, get the spiritual discernment. So we're calling those the gray areas. So you have black, you know it's wrong. White, you know it's right. Gray, it's kind of uh, mysterious in some ways, maybe a little bit cloudy, but our judgment should never be cloudy. You ought to know what's right and wrong. You ought to know. You can know what's right and wrong, and you can see what God wants you to see. You can know what God wants you to know if you'll exercise your senses. But if you don't, you're going to be casual. And, you know, if the old saying in the army, you know, you have to take your gun apart, know every part, clean it. You got to sleep with it, right? Uh, the eternal word of God, I love that verse that says his hand claved to the sword. You ought to use this book so much that your hand cleaves to it. That's how serious you should become. So as we looked at, uh, pragmatism, a pragmatist needs evidence in a certain way to reach a conclusion. So they would say, thou shalt not kill. It's in the Bible. We know that's wrong. But uh, Jesus said, if you even hate your neighbor, you've murdered him in your heart. He said, Moses said, but I say unto you, there are spiritual laws in the New Testament which are much more uh, specific and technical and they are a higher, higher level. They are spiritual. So you have physical killing, but then you have spiritual hating. Uh, it's a law much more important, much more powerful. So it takes a higher law to negate a lower law, and it takes a more powerful spirit to overrule a lower, lesser spirit. So Jesus said, if you don't bind the strong man, you can't spoil his house. It takes a powerful move of God to break down strongholds, thoughts, ways, relationships, culture, the past, uh, addictions, these types of things. So we know the specifics, the Ten Commandments, which there's, I forget how many commandments are in the Bible. There's many, many more. Um, and the Bible tells us certain things to do. 
But the Bible does not say, thou shalt not pop pills. There's no verse. It doesn't say, thou shalt not smokest. Uh, you know, it doesn't say, cuttest thy hairest in this way. And here's a picture, by the way. This is exactly the way I ought to do it. Uh, it doesn't say what political party you're to be affiliated with. And it doesn't say specifically certain things in, that pertain to every situation. But the Bible has a principle for any question you have, any situation you face. There's a principle. And if you'll study it, this will turn the gray to the black or the white. So just a real quick review. Your mind spirit is the true you. That's who you are. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So not just what you think, but how you think and the spirit by which you think. That is your true self. Uh, not by a projection you may make in society or you might conform to a certain group um, or certain things like that. You are your mind. And the Bible says we are to have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. So your mind spirit is your true self. Secondly, your mind spirit then discerns your perception of reality. So my mind discerns this is a reality. Another person could be in the same place, hear the same thing, and discern something totally different. I didn't see it that way, or I didn't hear that. You know, and, you, and that, that happens a lot of times. And so then what happens is people can become disillusioned because if they have the wrong mind spirit, they discern a false reality it's not even real but it's just as real to them as reality but they're deceived and so they make their decisions based upon that reality you know i've, I've told you the story about uh there was a, a woman had low self-esteem and she liked to be approached and to be saluted hello how are you today and there was a certain person in the church, very busy, had a lot on their mind. Right when this woman came out of a room into a hall, at the exact time, the person she wanted to acknowledge her just happened to turn that way. And so she perceived that person doesn't care about them. Uh, they're, they're not considerate. They're rude. Now, that's disillusion and when you're disillusioned you're beside yourself you're what the bible calls mad you you don't have sanity uh you know all of us things happen timing you know we ought to all say hello how are you today right smile how you doing today but what happens if something were to happen in exact time that person looked out so that that woman discerned incorrectly that person loved them they were planning on something came up. So, you, you know, a lot of people talk about prejudice. She prejudged what was in that person's heart. 
because she was not spiritual enough to see what really happened and she discerned and uh, she was disillusioned. So, number three, the carnal mind, which is the flesh of the skin pulled off, literally skint as we call it, um, is of the flesh and this is against God. And you cannot win spiritual battles and fight because of 2 Corinthians 10.4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But what? They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So, number four, it says that the carnal mind is at enmity against God. It is hostile toward God. Not just separated or distant from God. It is against God and God is against it its very existence is in opposition to god so this is where most people are at and then those who do get saved they stay with the milk of the word the uh the pablum is that a baby formula the pablum of uh the word they never grow in grace so what do you do you desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, but then you exercise your senses to discern good and evil so that you can become spiritual. And then, number five, the Holy Spirit and with the exercising of our senses brings the mind of Christ. And as we looked at in 2 Corinthians 2, this is the mind of Christ. So, uh, as we won't turn to it, but in 2 Corinthians 2, you have these things that must happen. There must be a revealing, which is all of what is present, but you don't know it yet or see it yet. There must be a searching. You must study, ask, pray, look it up, search. It must be a, a, a desire of your life. I want to be spiritual. I'm going to search this out. What do I have to do to be spiritual? Then there must be a knowing, a revealing of the knowledge of God. And you will know what others do not know. And it has nothing to do with age or uh, how long you've been saved. This is all about like my dad used to say, you need to apply yourself. Well, that's, I, I, I'm sure all teachers say all the time, if you would apply yourself, you're so intelligent, you would learn so much so quickly, but you have to apply yourself. You can't be lazy. You can't be casual. You cannot be negligent. So the knowing then causes you to do some comparison. You compare things. You know, that's a man, that's a woman, that is effeminate, that's masculine. You know, the world doesn't want you to do that anymore. That's a real man, that's a, a godly lady. They don't like that. That, that offends people because they want everything to cross over. And they're so worried about this, how do you identify insanity out there? Well, all this stuff, it's literally insanity. And it goes against reality of science and biology which you cannot deny doesn't matter you know if a cow thinks he's a horse 
he's still a cow. I know. Uh, but I identify as a Spanish stallion. Well, you're still a cow. I know that's tough. But uh, so you compare. You know, this is the real word of God. That's a fake. That's a lie. That's something that calls itself the Bible, but it's not. That, that's a lie of the devil that's written uh, by men. Then, judgment. So then you make a judgment. Now, the world says, you're judging me, or quit judging me. When the Bible says, we are to judge righteous judgment, not according to the seeing of the eye, the hearing of the ear, but according to the truth of the Word of God, as we spiritually discern, and we're not the judge. Who's the judge? He's the judge. All we're doing is agreeing with the judge. See, judging is agreeing with what God has already judged right and wrong. So I remove my own background, education, culture, family, traditions, Whatever it is, I just let him judge, and, and I agree with, uh, excuse me, his judgment. So when this happens, the carnal mind, which is the operation of the sinner, of the fleshly person, of the Edomite, of those who are red, 666, all man of the earth, when you get saved, and then you discern you have what the mind of christ the mind of christ which sets you free from the lust of the flesh so jeremiah 17 9 the heart of man is deceitful above all things desperately wicked who can know it so very few people all right now we're, we're going to start trying to make some practical applications very few people then can remove their personal preferences and their own agenda of their own ambition and their own ideas and their even their styles. Uh, now, I could say some things to show you how. Uh, but but uh, what, what does the Bible say? It says that we add to our faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. And so the first thing you add to your faith is knowing what's right or wrong. So when you get right with God, you should be a fighter. You, you want to want some, you need something to fight. You need somebody to fight. You need something that'll make you mad. You need something that you can separate from. You need someone that annoys you some place that you need to preach against, virtue. Now, I remember when I was, I'll show you how weird I was. And this is kind of funny, but this happened. Uh, so I used to, I was, I was looking for anything. If an independent Baptist preacher parted his hair on the right side instead of the left, I was against him. <laughs> My brother too, by the way. Now, we just come up with stuff. I mean, if somebody wore certain type shoes, man, those are worldly. I'm against it. I don't care. There's, I'll find something wrong with it. Um, we would we would pick a fight, a button down shirts, 
maybe the most spiritual man of God on earth wears a button-down shirt. I don't know. I, I won't wear a button-down shirt, just for me personally, but preference. But back then, I mean, somebody had a button-down shirt, man, that guy's worldly. How could he be right with God? He's got a button-down shirt. Uh, and we would just find anything to fight, anything. Uh, I remember van shoes were known for skateboarders and surfers. I hated van shoes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch them with the 10-foot pole. Now, that was just back then. I needed something to fight to show I believe that God's called me out of this world to be different. Um, you know, and I've, I've learned a lot since then. Um, and hopefully I've grown a lot since then. But there were other people who said, you know, we had this one friend, he just kept wearing his Smirnoff vodka shirt, T-shirt, and he went back. He'd wear it to church, and you could see it under his white shirt. I said, you're wearing your, what are you doing? And he, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's yeah, there is. But anyway, um, just something to fight. So you have to remove yourself from these things. I'll tell you another, like at Bible College, we went to Hiles Anderson College. There was a certain group called hackers. Now, everybody was a hacker. Generally, it was a derogatory term to kind of make fun of separated, boring people. Uh, but a true hacker, now, to be a true hacker, you had to have white walls, which means around your ear, you had to have about that much skin. I mean, a lot, too. And you could only wear a navy blue shirt with a blue solid tie, and you had to wear wingtip black shoes only and those old-timey wingtips where the soles were about that thick and that was a true hacker and uh, a lot of, even bible college students said man that guy's a hacker uh he's he's not going anywhere uh he's not going to get very far he he's uh, stuck you know he wouldn't he wouldn't wear a gray suit if his life depended on it uh, where in the Bible does it say, thou shalt wear navy blue only? It's not in there. But, or why can't you wear a cap toe and not a wingtip? You know, these types of things. But I, these are just weird examples of, of things that I have observed. And, and some of you might have done the same thing. Or some people are just so casual, they wouldn't care about anything. They don't get mad. They don't want to fight. Nothing stirs them up. They have no conviction about anything in their life. Uh, so, how are you going to learn this? You discern good and evil by exercising your senses. Now, I mentioned that verse. I love it where it says in Isaiah, Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their sin." And there was, all throughout the Old Testament, there were certain prophets who preached in what is called signs. They would sometimes dress a certain way. Sometimes they would make a diorama and say, this is what happened. Sometimes they were told to do certain things to actually act out a truth as they preached the sermon. And to show 
my people their sin and lift up their voice. Now, when we think about discerning, you know, I want you to think about before we continue here, what is a subject that is not specifically mentioned in the Bible that you need to find a Bible principle to answer the question? Okay, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not play the lottery. Not in there. What's the Bible principle about playing the lottery? There is one. What is um, What about pyramid schemes and get rich quick, Amway, and things like that? What is the Bible principle about these certain things? There is one. Uh, and, but a lot of people that, well, uh, there's no verse in there about that. There's no verse that says a man shouldn't wear pink. Thou shalt not wear pink. What? There isn't one. There's all kinds of verses that uh, give you a principle, though, that answers the question to turn the gray into black or white. You know, when I was a kid, Shows you how old I am. If you wore brown with blue, my dad won't remember this, I would be told to change or I'd get a whipping. You know, if you put on a blue suit and you had a brown uh, belt or shoes, that was whipping material. I mean, businessmen wouldn't do it. They wouldn't be caught dead doing it. And you say, what's the big, I don't know. That's the culture of the time. You know. You wore black with blue and black with gray and you could get brown with tan and dark brown and sometimes maybe brown with gray. But th these were just strange times I get. No, it was a lot better than today where anything goes. Just throw a little of this, eclectic, yeah, eclectic. Just have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And people are totally casual. Uh, so, oh, and by the way, if your socks didn't match your tie, you're in big trouble. Big trouble. You, you couldn't just throw something in there. It had to be done a certain way. Now, let's just look at a few of these questions, uh, which we gave you a printout sheet last week. But these are questions you can ask in order to exercise the senses to discern good and evil when it's gray when it's not specifically thou shalt or thou shalt not. So let's look first of all to Galatians chapter 1. And uh, this is not exhaustive once again by any means, but there are, this is just a good beginning to hopefully give you some ideas about how to begin to exercise your senses. So look at Galatians 1. And verse 10, famous verse, Galatians 1, verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Now, this is a principle. You can ask the question, does this please men or does this please God? Is this something in my life that somebody is wanting me to do to capitulate? They're trying to manipulate me to do a certain thing, to dress a certain way, 
to think a certain way, to spend my money in a certain place, to please men? Or does it please God? Now, the Bible tells us that we are to provoke one another into love and good works. In Christ, we should influence one another in a godly way. Uh, but if we do that, it will please God. It will please God. So there are a lot of men pleasers who conform to the rules, trying to fit in. And I'm just talking about people at church because we're the ones here trying to fit in because if they don't do it, someone may say something or someone will look at them in a different way. Now, if you have the Bible reason for the Bible principle and you're doing it for the right reason to please God, it will please those who please God. But you always have those uh, manipulators who try to get people to do things just because they want power over that person. They want to control that person. So there's a godly way for women to dress, modest way. You ought to do it to follow the Bible principles, not to please a man, uh, but to please God. So there are also things that people want you to do to please them. So, you know, you, you have to think about it. Um, it's a very important question because this will change your whole life. If you quit becoming a man pleaser, it'll change everything. It'll change your priorities. It'll change. But see, then you have principles because you can't rebel against a, an authority at your job over something that's not biblical. You know, I, I, that's a whole nother subject. Everything will harmonize. Every, there's no contradictions in the Word of God. So, number one, does it please men or God? Very important. So, let's look at uh, Exodus 23. And uh, this is a very, very important principle that I try to live by and uh, to the point where it becomes annoying because if I see something like this, I'm going to say it even if I'm talking to an inanimate object. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to fight over this one. So look at Exodus 23, verse 2. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil, neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many to rest judgment. So the next one is, is it popular? Is it popular? And if the answer is yes, the answer is the same every time. It has to be wrong. It's always wrong if it's popular in the world. It's always, it, I don't care what it is, it's wrong if it's popular. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. The mob, you know that old saying, the mob rules. I remember when uh, there was a, big rebellion in medieval uh, England and it was all over a fence and these mobs just walked the streets and vandalized and 
Everybody got caught up in it. Oh, it has to be right. There's electricity. Everybody's doing it. It's so popular. Well, you know, if this is what everybody's doing, I'm going to try to do the exact opposite. If this is what they want me to do to fit in, to gain self-esteem, to control me, to try to manipulate me and uh, want me to capitulate to whatever they're trying to get me to do. It can't be right. It can't be right. And so, you know, you, you look about what went on with the COVID lockdown and all this stuff they tried to, and, and the things, and it's coming again. It's so popular. Yeah, well, it can't be right. Can't, there's no way. There's a certain group who want to fit in with the uh, whatever's the end thing at the time. And so I've always decided, I decided a long time ago, if it's really popular, I'm not doing it. And if it's really popular, I'm against it. And I'll find something wrong with it. I don't care what it is. I'm not, gonna, I'm not falling for that. Oh, but this is so in vogue. This is such such a happening yeah that means i'm not doing it uh, no thanks uh so you know one that uh I, i'm we're gonna run out of time but just example do you eat out on sundays just think it through i'm not saying anything between you and god do you eat out on sundays man it's quiet on that one uh but you know i I've done it, and I was pressured into do it, and I don't do it anymore because, you, for one thing, you're making people work on the Lord's Day, but that's just a whole other subject. We're all hypocrites on that, you know. But anyway, the other one is, I'm not going to go down there and see the, all the de denomination people look around, and I'm doing the same thing they are. I'm just that's just me, and I know I'm a weirdo. Uh, but I'd rather just go home and eat peanut butter and jelly or whatever and be all alone. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm uh, but it's so popular for everybody to go out and eat after, well, that means I'm not doing it. Uh, I know it's kind of weird. But uh, so if, if thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. When Israel came out in the Exodus and God set them three, free through the plagues, Moses, a type of Christ. They came out with what? A mixed multitude. And there's always some dominating people in the multitude trying to lead the mob, trying to control the mob. So the best thing to do is be lonely. Uh, so I, you know, I decided that too, that's a whole nother. I don't want many friends because I can't have many friends. I'd rather be all alone than try to do what they're trying to make me do. Uh, so if you have one good friend, you have something of treasure, one real friend. All right, let's stand.